Welcome to Cartridge Command, your weekly retro gaming podcast where we discuss and review the classic and not-so-classic games of the 8- and 16-bit era. I'm Nick. And I'm Eric. And this week's game is Castlevania II Simon's Quest. Castlevania II Simon's Quest was released in North America in 1988 by the Konami Corporation. It is a sequel to the game Castlevania for the NES. Hence the name. Yeah, it's pretty (laughs) self-explanatory. Now, this was released in 1987 in uh, Japan as Castlevania II The Seal of the Curse. Mm. You know, we say it every week. They get all the great (laughs) subtitles. Now, this was released for the Famicom Disk System in Japan, and uh, as such, it did have a save function instead of passwords and a slightly different sound. Oh, it had different sound, eh? I think most games on the Disk System had slightly different soundtracks because it had more sound channels available to the programmers. That's right. That's jealous. Yeah, because they weren't going to pay to add an extra sound chip to the cartridge coming (laughs) in the United States. Although they did in Castlevania 3, right? Yeah, eventually they did start doing that with some prestige games, I guess. <laughs> so, Nick, how would you describe Castlevania 2? Uh, well, once again, 2D side-scrolling action. Uh, that is the staple for the Nintendo Entertainment System. It's pretty, you know, it controls very similarly to the original Castlevania, so... Right. I would say the one difference is that this is not just a side-scroller. It's a side-scroller with some light RPG elements. Yeah, and it's like uh, left or right scrolling, similar a la Metroid or... Yeah, you're not just going to the right. You have uh, different directions you can go left, right, sometimes a little up and down with some stairs. Now, one great thing about this uh, Castlevania is that you do get more upgrades than you did in the first one. That's there great. are uh, a couple different upgrades to your whip, which is the main weapon of the Belmont clan. Yeah, you know, the what what's the, doesn't it have a special vampire killer whip or Yes, the name is the oh. Vampire Killer. Very well named, so. <laughs> and uh you know, I'm going to just go ahead and spoil it for everyone out there in case they haven't played the full library of Castlevania games. But the reason that whip is the Vampire Killer is that it has the soul of the first Belmont's wife. That's right. To fight vampires embedded in it. That's you know, Castlevania has a pretty like lengthy and extensive timeline that I you know I give the guys credit for laying it out you know it spans yeah. hundreds of years like <laughs> unlike a lot of games they give each one of their games a specific date a lot of times and a place in the chronology and uh, this was the first or is are there any other ones that actually feature a, a same Belmont you know what I mean like we had Simon Belmont in Castlevania one and two and then from then on it's like Trevor or Christopher or these other relatives I think on the Game Boy Advance or DS we had some of the characters repeat mm. and we've also seen characters repeat as in uh, Alucard or right right a few others but who is Richter is in what Dracula X slash Mondo Blood and Symphony of the Night as Cor- well. So That is correct, yeah. So mm. let's get back to the whip here. This whip has, a, was it five upgrades? Uh, yeah, well, there's five whips. Five whips, so, so four upgrades. You start with a standard whip. You can upgrade to a leather whip, then a thorn whip, then the chain whip, the morning star, and then finally, the ultimate, the flame whip. Straight out of uh, the Balrog's hands. That's what I always imagine it. So <laughs> Yeah, it does look pretty cool. Now, there are also items in this game that you can shoot, just like the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, they are handled a bit differently, though, this time. Yeah, some of them, uh, well, you do get hearts, which are in similar to last week's game. Uh, they are not only ammunition, but they are also currency. So. so some of the items you can collect are the dagger, knives, the holy water, the sacred flame, and the diamond. Now, which of those use hearts, Nick? The Sacred Flame, the Silver and Gold Knives, and the Diamond take hearts. Okay. I think the Gold Knife takes two. I'm not sure about the Diamond because, to be honest with you, I didn't get it. But <laughs> I did last. get it, but I never used it. Um, eh. One thing that bothered me was that the Holy Water does not contain its normal properties. Mm-hmm. Uh, normally, you'd throw it out at the ground, and it would create a flame that would then burn any enemy that walked into it or was on top of it. Right. 
And now that's kind of taken by the sacred fire and the sacred flame. Yeah, uh, the holy water really is more of an exploration tool in this game because you're using it to see if uh, blocks are, you know, you sometimes run up against false floors or walls. You can scout them out with the holy water since your whip will just pass through anything anyways. Yeah, and since the holy water doesn't use hearts, it's mainly used for finding pitfalls, places in the ground that isn't really there, and like you said, false walls, secret floors to get to shops and through certain parts of the mansions. Mm-hmm. It's also very weak. Like, it's as weak as your starting whip, so it it gets scaled out of effectiveness as a weapon pretty quickly, unless you want to stand a blasting like knights with eight of them or something. Like, it takes way too long. Not worth it. Not worth it. Now, you can also get laurels and garlic in this game. I really don't know what to say about either of these things. I found the use of both of them very confusing. Well, the, I mean, the laurels make you invincible, so they're all right, and... You need them. They help with some poison marsh stuff, but it's not exactly, uh, you know, necessary. That's the only time I used them. And uh, the garlic is just like a magic summoning thing at random spots on the the map. I think if you throw it on the ground, it might hurt guys. But to be honest, on this last playthrough, I didn't even bother with the garlic because you, the only things you get from it are the diamond and the silver dagger, and they're both totally they're not necessary either. They're... Gotcha. And then you also get a silk bag. And that's used for holding more of what? More laurels. More I laurels. I think you can hold four instead of two at a okay. time. So, And then you can also get uh, crystals in the game and a cross? Yes, you can get the three crystals, red, white, and blue, baby. Well, you really only get one crystal, and then you just trade that crystal up <laughs> yeah, multiple <okay>. times. In <laughs> fact, I in my notes, I lost where, where I exchanged the blue to red crystal. I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot to write that down. The crystals are not items you use to fight with. No. They're more some sort of MacGuffin that you have to have to activate the next plot point. Yeah, it's, it's just like a key, more or less. I mean, the the white one reveals like one, a hidden platform in one part of the first dungeon. And uh, I think really? there's, yeah, at the very beginning, there's like a, if you have the white crystal, you can see this uh, like elevator, quote unquote, like, you know, it's just a two. Right. Well, I, I did have it. So yeah, if I you guess. don't have it, that just doesn't, it's it's still there. It's just invisible. In fact, you don't actually have to have it. You can jump. If you time it right, you can make it up there. Like if you just immediately head to the right and jump, you'll land on this invisible platform, huh. but you're going to need it eventually. So, right. And then what does the cross do for you? The cross just, I believe it's, you need it just to uh, make Dracula appear at the end. Like when you are assembling the, uh, body parts together. Okay, well, let's cut to the chase there. Uh, the point of this game, the story, is that you are Simon Belmont, the same Belmont from the first Castlevania game. You did defeat Dracula in the first game, mm-hmm. but the curse that he put on you and the land still exists. Yes, and that's your goal, is to get rid of it, because it's like you are losing... It says your wounds won't quite heal after you know the first Castlevania. So. You're all sorts of sad. <laughs> the, the towns are depressing. But more importantly, at nighttime, they're full of monsters. Yes, yes. And the point of the game is that you are going around this world of Castlevania trying to find the five, well, kind of pieces of Dracula. quote-unquote body parts. Very loosely body parts. Uh, You are going to take those five body parts and use them to resurrect Dracula so that you may kill him again and finally put the curse to rest. Well, Simon's Quest is an appropriate subtitle for this game. I think it's interesting that the third one is called Dracula's Curse, even though this game was actually about a curse of Dracula. So it's kind of confusing in that regard. It is a little backwards. I will I will agree with you there. So the five quote-unquote pieces of Dracula that you're trying to find are the rib, the heart, the eye. Mm-hmm. Those are all you know, those are all pieces of Dracula. Yes, sir. And then you get to the nail. Yeah, or claw maybe. I don't know. I mean, it says nail, but it looks like a claw. So I think that's what, you know, from his beast form at the end, that's how I always... That's still barely a part. Yeah. And then finally his ring. Yeah. So unless... That's that's not a part at all. Uh, Depends on where he had it, but... Oh. Oh. Well, I guess that's as good a way as any to wrap this segment up (laughs) and move on to our history with the game. So my history with this game is, I mean, I really only rented it once when I was a kid, but I loved it. Um, A lot of people, you know, a lot of people don't really care for the second Castlevania entry, and it's kind of similar to uh, the Mario and Zelda series in that their second ones were kind of departures from, you know, their standard, you know, established gameplay styles, but I really like this one. Yeah, well, my experience with it is a bit of the opposite. (laughs) I had rented the first Castlevania, found it to be pretty hard. 
Oh, yeah. I then rented the second Castlevania, this one, and I found it. I just had no clue what to do. <laughs> I played it, uh, you know, through the weekend. I got it. I think I got through the first mansion because you kind of have to just yeah. by running to the right and left. Yeah, you'll find it pretty easy. But after that, I did not have a Nintendo Power or anything to help me, and I was just completely lost. And I shelved this game, you know, well mm. until very recently, and put it on the list of games that I was done with. I will say this: I am a huge fan of Castlevania Three. Mm-hmm. So luckily, the first and second ones did not turn me off so much that I did <laughs> not invest my money and time into that third one. So Nick, more recently here, how much have you been playing this game? Um, I played it a couple, three times throughout the week. Um, I should say that uh, for whatever reason, about five or six years ago, I really got this uh, wild hair up my butt and decided, I was like, I need to beat this game and get the best ending and really master it. So I was uh, pretty familiar with it going in this time and was able to just leisurely, uh, kind of leisurely beat it. So, uh, Well, as for myself, I, I had never really played it until very recently. And uh, I see. I think it was also kind of a poor choice to do this game during uh, one of the busiest weeks of the year for me. Uh, I am a coach uh, for my son's uh, robotics team, and we had a tournament this week, so a lot of my time was spent with them. And therefore, I did pull in a ringer, and I had a little bit of unconventional gameplay. I had our good friend uh, Bill come over. Mm. He is a Castlevania fanatic, and Yes, knows he, the series quite well. Yes, sir, he does. So uh, I had him sit next to me and pretty much be my human walkthrough. Gotcha. Uh, I did play the entire game, but I did also have the guidance of a, a vet right next to me. So a lot of times I did things, and I had no clue why I was doing them. Right. But I don't think that's a, a fault of his instruction, but more a fault of the game itself. I There are a lot of... If you're not willing to spend the time milling around and looking for clue books and stuff, it can be very confusing. But, uh, they, I mean, I going through, I you know, I already knew what to do, but I was specifically trying to be like, I'm, I'm going to find where the game tells you to do this stuff. And there are well, some things. On the subject of books, did you check out this instruction book? Oh, you know I did, man. Oh, well, let's hear about it. Simon's Quest. Uh, this is a 15-page black and white instruction manual. Uh, Ooh, that's a that's a shorty. Yeah, there's not a whole lot to it, to be honest. Uh, but it's a Konami game, so you know you're getting a lot of great puns, such as, well, in the descriptors for Dracula's body parts, you get jokes like, watch out, the heart attacks, or for the eyeball, it's the eyes have it. <laughs> the heart attacks, that's pretty, that's pretty punny. <laughs> yeah, they, they're shameless. But uh, you also get the... Uh, uh, classic uh, black and white hand-drawn screenshots of gameplay. So that's kind of weird, but... It is, but, you know, the more I look at some of these, they're starting to grow on me a lot. Oh, I mean, I like them. I'm just like, it's a weird choice, I guess. I don't know, but... <laughs> I did note that you could get a clue in the instruction book where it's talking about the river. It says the ferryman knows where to take you depending on the body parts of Dracula you have. So... Oh, that might explain another question I have about later in the game. We'll get there. Yeah, yeah. So that's there. And uh, you, you have a sweet uh, enemy section. So. That's what I was going to ask. That's one of my things I always look for. Yeah, yeah. Um, I like enemy sections and the, you know, it also goes through all of the weapons and items like we already did. But uh, the enemy names are hilarious because a lot of them are the two-headed creature, the spider, the zombie, the wolf man. Like, <laughs> I just thought it was interesting that they all get the... that two-headed creature but my favorite is uh there are in the swamps you will fight these kind of mud men creatures yeah that are known are apparently known as slimy bar sinister that's that's a lot of that's a lot of names (laughs) it sounded familiar to me so i checked it out and i believe it's a reference to simon bar sinister who is the bad guy the villain in the underdog cartoon oh yeah underdog and then apparently a bar sinister is a old uh, heraldry that uh denotes bastardy so Wow, that's some deep cuts, man. Yeah, I was I was really surprised. Went down a little bit of a rabbit hole, but way to do your research. Thanks. And uh, of course, at the end, you have a memo section. But again, but it's actually called scores, which I think is great because this game does not have any scores. So I was just gonna say, there is no score in this game, <laughs> is there? So I mean, it doesn't say it has to be for this game. So if you run out of space in your other books, you know, go ahead and use it. Save a tree. But yeah, that's all I got. So. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess it's time to move on to uh, some general chat about this game. Well, one thing I did want to talk about this game is uh, Mm -hmm. 
its famous or infamous appearance as the cover of Nintendo Power number two. Oh, yeah. That was a. I remember having access to something. Like, I know I didn't own that Nintendo Power. I had the first issue. The second issue was the Castlevania 2 one that showed a guy dressed up like Simon Belmont with a severed Dracula head that apparently gave kids nightmares and stuff, although I thought it was awesome. I wanted it, but I never had it because my, you know, my subscription didn't kick in until the following month. Now, so. I'm in the exact same boat, and we have discussed this before. I think that the Castlevania 2 issue of Nintendo Power might be the rarest. Mm, yeah, I'm... Yeah. It's, it's awesome. So I... the, the narrative I've put together is that we all saw issue one of Nintendo Power yeah. and forced our parents to buy us a subscription uh-huh. because it was only like 12 bucks or something. Yeah, it was pretty reasonable. But once we had that subscription, most of our parents would not be buying us another issue of the magazine knowing that one was coming in the mail. You just make you wait for it, man. But since there is a processing time and all that kind of thing, we didn't get issue two in the mail. We got issue three in the mail. Exactly. That's, I mean, I definitely did. So, yeah. So my collection was one, three up through number, I don't know, 60 something. Yeah. It was, it, I was there for a while, but it, uh, I, and again, so like I said, I remember having access to a kind of, uh, uh, drawn map of, you know, this game is a 2d game that travels, you know, you travel through a kind of representing a 3d world, uh, kind of like Friday the 13th and such, except Unlike that, you don't have a map. So I, right. I remember we, having one, so it must be in the Nintendo Power, but I don't know where I got a hold of it. So Now, we didn't mention this in the uh, about our gameplay, mm-hmm. foolishly, but it's, it's <laughs> a very big part of this game. Um, in fact, I'd say this is the beginning of when they start putting the Vania in right. the Metroidvania. Yes, yes, definitely. It's quote, category. Yeah, it's a progenitor of many uh, styles. I don't know, it's it's weird because it's not really that well-liked of a game, but it's actually a very influential uh, game. So when you are exploring this game, even though it is a side-scroller, there are many times that the path will branch upwards or downwards, and then when you take that path, it takes you to a whole other area of side-scrolling adventure, and eventually parts of it wrap around. Yeah, yeah, and uh, it's, you know, you can go left and right in total backtracking, so it really has an explorey feel to it that that I really enjoy. And there are signs at the edge of towns or various woods to Mm. let you know where you are, where you've been, you don't get too lost. And yeah, and most of the locations all have a name that, you know, like the... Uh, what we, Viros Woods, or I'm sorry, I think Jova Woods. I have the, you know, and the towns are all named, so especially because, and it's accurate because or the map we had was accurate. I remember we were trying to uh, kind of, you know, check our path to see where we were, like, you know, in the game versus this map, and, and it seemed to st- uh, stand up pretty well, so. Since we're on the topic of reading material, this game did have a World of Power book, did it not? It sure did. Um, and like, like I mentioned before, I had them all, so I... I remember liking it well enough, but I, I don't remember it that well now. So uh, Now, you've gone on record and said you still own all these books. I, I do. They are packed away somewhere, but I, I've got them. So. I think I smell a future special episode <laughs> where you go through and review these for us. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll dig them out, man. And, uh, I can't imagine they would take that long to read because they're not very... I can't <laughs> imagine either. I can't. Even as a young kid, I was like, these are they're all right, but they're Nintendo, so I'll take it. Real quick, I wanted to talk about the experience system. Oh, good, because I, I have a lot of questions about it. Okay, well, right. starting with how does it work and what is it? Because <laughs> well, I leveled up, but I never knew why or how. Well, in your uh, if you pause and go to your sub-menu, sub-screen, whatever, you'll have a, there's a little E that tells you that's your experience points. Okay? Right. And you get them by... Uh, I did notice that. I'm not that, I'm not that daft. The, the experience points are tied to your hearts. So, like, if you get a small heart, which is worth two hearts, the it's only worth one experience. And okay. a half heart is worth four hearts, three experience, full heart, six hearts, five experience. Rock and roll. So... You'll get your first level up at 100 experience, and then your experience will reset to zero. And the next one is at 150, back to zero, 200. It goes up I, up to, I think, 350, I think, is the... I don't know how many times you can level up. I only did twice. But uh, you can lose your experience, correct? If you continue, you're back to zero experience. So, But you keep the levels you've earned. Yes. So the, you know, okay. the, the gap between levels does increase by 50, essentially. So. And also, if you uh, level up or in an area... Like, for example, inside a mansion, once you level up, those enemies will stop giving you experience. Like, you'll still get hearts, but you won't get any XP for them. So you can't just grind in one spot at the beginning or an easy spot in the game, like, as you level up. So if you go up a level 
outside in say the woods, mm-hmm. pick pick whatever woods you want. You have to go to a the town or another area. Well, I believe it's just like each. I, I couldn't really tell the difference. I was trying to check it out while I was playing through, but it's. Um, I believe it's tied to like each loaded area. It, well, like each area has a, like a certain level. That's like once you get to this level. You're not getting XP here anymore. You got to move on to the rest of the game, okay, so to speak. But I mean, if that's even if that's not technically how it works, that's kind of the spirit of the law or whatever. Like it's it's to keep you moving and not just you know. Gotcha. And then uh, we also haven't mentioned the uh, day night cycle. This is one of the first games I ever encountered that has a nighttime and daytime feature. And I will say, I think the game does it right. Having had some experience with the day night cycle recently mm-hmm. in uh, Friday the Thirteenth. <laughs> That's a that's an example of how not to do it. Right, right. This, T- tying yeah. the daylight to a boss fight. <laughs> this is just on a natural 12-hour in-game hour cycle. Yeah, I mean, I feel like 12 hours... In this game, uh, like, yeah, at 6 a.m. it becomes daytime, and at 6 p.m. it's nighttime. So the first thing that makes me mad about it is that you start at noon the first day, so you lost half your day. Like, that, that sucks at the very beginning. So, and since uh, at nighttime, you know, you can go into towns, but you can't go in any buildings. You can't buy items. You can't talk to people. Well, so. and that's because there are now monsters roaming the streets. Yeah, these like zombie ghoul things, green guys. I, I think they're ghouls. But. Yeah, and, and sometimes bats. Yeah, yeah, you can see bats in the in the towns as well at night. And Now, outside of towns, there are more monsters and the monsters are harder. Yes, they're all about, they take twice as many hits, I believe, but they also give you bigger hearts, like you get bigger rewards, so it's kind of a trade-off that isn't bad, but I just wish that, if it's really frustrating when you just get to a town, like you're like, I just need to get this crystal to get to the next place, and then it becomes nighttime right outside the door, and you're like, "Mm, Now, one thing I do love about the transitions from day to night and night to day is you are treated to a a little animation, The, (laughs) the, the scene changes. Yeah, yeah. But most importantly, you are given one of the most classic sets of quotes <laughs> in all of NES history. So when it does turn night, the screen tells you what I think is like the inner monologue of Simon himself saying, mm-hmm. what a horrible night to have a curse. Yeah, man. It's it's pretty cool. It is. I don't. I can't uh, count the number of times we've cheesily said that to each <laughs> other for very uncool reasons. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Although I have never said out loud this phrase that when the sun does rise, Simon says to himself, the morning sun has vanquished the horrible night. It's glorious, man. I <laughs> We used to kind of, we had a little tune. I don't really remember it, but it was like a little song that we would sing with those words. So that's how lame I am. But <laughs> man, what I wouldn't pay for a recording of that tune. <laughs> One thing I think is interesting about this is that, you know, the day-night cycle is determined by an actual timer. It's not, you know, tied to events. So one second uh, in real life of time is four minutes in the game. And you got a little clock you can see to track, you know, it's right. military time, but you can tell, you know, where you're at in the day. Being an Air Force brat, I know military time <laughs> off the top of my head. Well, I learned it from this game, but, uh, you know. I, th- I think my biggest complaint about the day night is I'm like, you could just squeeze the night down a little bit and only have like eight hours or something just to give you a little more, you know. I agree. It is a little brutal sometimes. And it does make you wait. Because there are many times in this game that you are just going to be waiting for the sun to come up so you can actually get your stuff done in the town you need to. If you already have played through it once, then that's when, you know, the game becomes like this race where you're like, all right, I want to get here. You know, I just got to get these these items before nighttime so that I can move along. And, you know, you can do your exploring at night, even though it's more dangerous. But that way you can save your daytime for the towns where you need it. And like you said, once you've uh, really beaten this game, it is a race because there are multiple endings to this game. We'll get into them a little later, but they Mm -hmm. are all tied to the time. Yeah, they're tied to the number of days it takes you to uh, defeat Dracula. So, Gotcha. Well, Nick, this is the part of the show where we usually go through a game level by level, but there are certain games like this that don't really have any levels. Right, and one of the things I like, you know, when you get that kind of choice, the non-linearity... So we'll do our best, and we're going to go through this game in loose order, hitting the mansions and all the various things you need to get on your way. So this game starts you out in a town. Uh, The town of Jova. Which is different than most Castlevania games. 
Yeah, this is the only one I've, I mean, I guess some of the later ones had towns, kind of, but th- not in, in the real game fashion, you know, you, it's just another background normally, but in this one, you're, uh, you know, you're actually interacting with people and, you know, talking to people, exploring rooms, you know, they have churches where you can heal. Yeah, that's an important, important factoid we, we left out. Although, to be honest with you, I, I didn't use them that much. Well... When you know that you're on on a timer, you don't want to take time, waste your daytime talking to people. You know, kind of, you you want to get moving to to get through this game. But and when you die in this game, you respawn right where you died. Yes, and uh, you continue right where you died. Yeah. So once you're out of the town, you're not. You know. So I wasn't. There wasn't a lot of uh, incentive to to go find that the church and heal up there by the. You know, this is a little point of contention. I, I thought it was a nun in there. Oh, maybe it is. I always just assumed it was a priest, but I haven't yeah. really looked closely. But Bill also thought it was a priest. But, I, mm. you know, the beauty of 8-bit graphics is you get to project <laughs> whatever you wish onto many of the characters. So you find yourself in this first town. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the town, you want to grind a little bit outside or in it because you need to get a crystal from this town. Right. And uh, you do start with 50 hearts, so you can buy it straight away. But okay. you also want to get the holy water in town. So yeah, there's the holy water here, the white crystal, and uh, the thorn whip. And there's a there's an interesting. I've seen other people with theory about this as well. That the, one of the gentlemen tell and people you talk to in the town tells you that there's a, a cro- crooked trader giving bum deals in this town. So some people think that that's what the thorn whip is because it's kind of a ripoff. I I usually skip it to be honest. But fair enough. Now, another thing we should note is that a lot of the people you talk to in this game straight up lie to you. Yes, or tell you, like, some weird kind of BS. And, uh, I mean, I understand why a lot of people think that sucks, but I actually like it. I'm one of those people. I I find it very frustrating. (laughs) And, in fact, knowing that that many of them do lie to me makes it so I don't talk to anyone. (laughs) I lose out on that nice, fun, immersive part of the town. (laughs) I mean, a lot of them aren't necessarily, you know, complete misdirects, but it's just like, there's a lot of like, some of the best fluff, uh, you know, like where it's just stuff that's not about you or the game. And it really, you know, I think in the various towns, it really lends a kind of a sense that this world exists outside your quest. You know, people aren't all waiting to talk to you about you and Dracula, you know, so I like that. I agree. And you do find that people are generally kind of pissed off that yeah, you mm-hmm. disappeared for a bit and that the whole world is <laughs> cursed and yeah. you know bad stuff's going on. It gives it a, a neat feel, but uh, regardless of whether you get the thorn whip or not, um, you'll, you know, you head right into the Jova woods because if you go left to Belasco Marsh, you're going to get your butt beat right away because you get attacked by those two-headed dudes running right at you, yeah. shooting. And they're rough. You're, you're way too tough for you at this point and I, even though it's just the very first screen, but I like games that kind of like restrict you only through difficulty as opposed to just like, well, there's a wall here that you need a crystal to get through, which right. they do here later. But So yeah, you go right, um, standard video game to the right. You go through those woods like you mentioned, you find some water. You get to, um, which is noted in the instruction book as the bridge on the river die. Nice. Yeah. And that's where you see uh, one of my favorite reoccurring enemies there in the Castlevania universe, the Fishmen. Yep, they come out and spit at you. Standard creature of the Black Lagoon kind of looking guys. Mm-hmm. No, nothing too bad there. No, you, you make your way through them, and that's when you find uh, your first mansion. That's the one I found as a child. Yeah, and it's just, if you head straight, you can go... There was a stairway before the first mansion that will take you down to the next town, where I usually go to. I try to... if oh. I can. If I can time it there, I can get in there. Since I didn't buy the thorn whip, I can usually get down there in the first uh, door. I can run in there, grab the dagger, and buy that because it is stronger than, I think, it, yeah, it's as strong as the thorn whip. And it doesn't oh, okay. cost any hearts. So it, it's even, you know, I'm like, I'll just use that instead. What's the range on that? It's pretty sure. It's a little farther than your normal whip, I believe, okay. but not, not by a, a great deal. I never used it. I, I, I use it a lot at the beginning because it's it's cost half as much as the thorn whip. So, right. you know, saving my hearts, but... I can understand that. Either way, uh, you can go into the Berkeley Mansion, which is the very first one. Ah, Berkeley. Now, it's a pretty uh, linear mansion there. So this mansion is the first time you start using your holy water as a exploration tool to find the pitfalls, the spots that look like solid floor but aren't, and um, some walls that are also solid looking but you can jump through or whatnot. Or destroy. Or destroy, exactly. And the holy water, if they are destroyable, it will destroy those those blocks. 
Um, also in this place, you find a couple new enemies. Um, one that really stands out to me is this kind of a jumpy blob thing. Yeah, this is a little slimy guys there. Yeah, that's the hardest one in this area that I, you know, encountered. Well, there is that one room where it's like, you know, there's like four or five of them in a row, but if you don't jump, if you just stand on the floor, because they'll, they'll kind of fall upwards until once they hit the ceiling, then they'll start hopping around and dropping down, and there will be like one square off the screen where the ceiling is. So if you don't jump, then they just won't appear. Like they'll go up and just stay there and, t- and you can just run underneath without dealing with them. Yeah, I did notice that depending on like how you jump and move around, you can kind of glitch them through things and around things. Mm-hmm. They're, they have a kind of a wonky hit detection. I, I don't like dealing with them at all. Uh, if I have to later, maybe Sacred Flame is pretty good for getting them because they, they're smaller. They, they land underneath where you can whip. So you can't just, you know... There's a, you also see the gargoyles uh, in this level who, you know, wing a demon, they shoot some fireballs, they kind of hop around. they're pretty badass looking. Yeah, they look good and uh, they're almost all worth a, you know, a full heart. So there's a lot of experience then. And uh, there's a good spot at the, uh, near the end of the level where you can be in between two spawn points for gargoyles. If you want to just, you know, farm out some hearts, you can just, you know, get there because uh, we didn't mention this yet. And when you're inside the mansions, the time does not pass. I did make a note of that that you want to farm you want to get that level before you leave the mansion Mm -hmm. like you said there is no uh, day night cycle while you're inside a building so therefore you can exploit that and farm as long as you need to to get that next level but then no further i guess because as you said Mm -hmm. you no longer get experience there right but you'll still get hearts so if you're just trying to get enough hearts to buy like the chain whip which i usually make sure i've got you know 100 150 before i get out of there so okay so what you want to do is double duty you want to get that level and then you want to make sure you have enough hearts to buy all the things you need out of the next town yeah i've usually found i've leveled up on my way to uh this mansion already at least the first one you know you get your like Mm. what extra two bars of life that's the only real difference but lucky you um, I, I only think I leveled up once or twice. Like, uh, well, in that case, you should be leveling up your second level here in the mansion. Yeah, maybe I'm, yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. It's a, it, like I said, it's a good spot because mainly because you're not hurting your time for the ending. If you're, if you're going for the best ending. So, so you make your way through this mansion. And, uh, if you are new to Castlevania two, you may be surprised to find that there is no boss. no. And that's a big disappointment because the bosses were a big, uh, a big part of the attraction to the first one, where they had all the universal uh, monsters and stuff. Like. And they looked great. They were really great sprites, and they had awesome movement, and they really captured mm-hmm. the feel of those various monsters. Pretty much none of which are in this game, sadly. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, the the mansions really. You're not going to fight a boss. It's really about finding. There's always a. A hooded man who sells you an oak steak in there. So that's the challenge of the end of the level. It's not fighting a boss. It's that you have to find this character, mm-hmm. buy the steak from him. And that is the only way that you can then open the bag with sphere. <laughs> I don't know what it is. There's some sort of medallion. Well, it's an orb because it's it's kind of like, I always imagine like the orbs that fall when you kill the bosses in Castlevania 1. I thought maybe something along those lines, but okay, you get, you know, for what is it, 50 hearts, you get one shot of, of an oak stake, you throw it at that orb, and then it turns into a bag which contains the body part. And in this first dungeon, well, I'm sorry. We all know I have a problem calling things dungeons, but <laughs> in this first mansion, you get the rib, the rib of Dracula. Yes, that you can use as a shield. Yeah, it turns out it's really awesome. It's yeah, argue probably the best one. Uh, it's of it's not that you can use it as a shield. It literally is a shield. Like the sprite is a big old shield. Yeah, I don't know if it. Uh, I don't know where the logic comes from. Rib equals shield, but eh, and unlike it. a lot of games, this shield is auto. This shield is out at all times, and as long as you're not attacking, even if you're moving, it will block enemy fire. Yeah, it's kind of like Zelda in a way, but... Uh, yeah, I really liked the rib slash shield. It, it made me very happy. Another little funny thing is that you might notice that when you pick up the rib, you get a nice little message that says you now possess Dracula's rib. In fact, you, you get that message that you now possess <laughs> from each body part, I think. Well, there's... I feel like there's two that aren't. It says it, it spells right some of the times, which makes me wonder if I'm like uh, some different teams localizing. Who or? knows? But that is one of the worst cases of uh, <laughs> mistranslation that, that there is in this game. In fact, you know, a quick side note. I think the biggest problem with this game for American uh, audiences was its horrible translation. 
I wonder how much better it would be in Japanese when you can oh, get so much more info in that little box. A lot, because not only that, but all of the things people tell you, the books you find, the hints you get, a lot of them are filled with wordplay. They're full of Japanese references that would give you clues that were totally not translated. There, Yeah, there's some weird, uh, I don't know, but you know what they say. Procession is nine tenths of the law. So oh, that that was horrible. <laughs> so speaking resist. speaking of books, we didn't mention those. Uh, you do find clue books hidden in some places. Is it only in the mansions? No, they're they're all around. So. You break a block, and there will be a little book in there, mm-hmm. and it gives you a a clue. You know, I use the word clue very loosely. <laughs> some of them are. You know, I mean, they're not even really clues. Like, there's one I remember that's that says, um, after you defeat Dracula again, you will get Brahms Mansion. So I'm like, okay, cool, man. Let's do this. I get myself a mansion. Simon's bling. And- that's nice. Uh, well, yeah. So you get the rib and you have to leave the mansion. Luckily, most of the mansions are pretty easy to leave. Yeah. And they also, like, this one kind of has a circular kind of you know you start going up to the right then down and that's where you get it so you can kind of complete the loop and head back like without going through the entire dungeon so yeah and there's usually a pitfall or two that you can use Mm -hmm. as a shortcut although i do uh, i don't know about this first one but i usually try to hit up the guy and buy the oak steak as i'm leaving so that when i get to the next house i don't have to go find it sometimes there are certain i mean some of the mansions it's really like the uh item is real close to the entrance it's the you know going through and finding the guy so it can say cut some time off if you want you know all right that's a pretty good tip there nick so you leave the mansion you find yourself uh going back to the left then you go down those stairs you mentioned before mm-hmm. and that's where you go find yourself in that town yeah that's i usually come back to get the chain whip if i have an or if somehow if you can get it before the first dungeon i i've really tried and it's i I don't think it's reliably possible okay well that's one thing to mention is that so in this town you can get the dagger and the chain whip but the key is in this town they are secret shops you have to use the Mm -hmm. holy water to uncover the hidden areas by breaking the blocks on the floor yeah you go in some of these doors and it's just like a little square featureless room so you go throwing holy water and sometimes you know it goes down or to the right and you know somebody you'll find a usually a hooded man who sells you stuff so yeah you uh make your way through this town you know go right some more uh then it's cave time you're in a cave type area with some floating eyeballs that are kind of annoying well and i like that this place is called uh it's called dabby's path and to me i was always like who's that like i think it's cool that there's this weird like i don't know you can make up your own headcanon of why why was this named after who was this person i don't know i love it indeed you do (laughs) but but yeah, those eyeballs are pretty annoying because they just try to, you know, they home in on you. And, you know, they'll once they level out, they'll just move horizontally. But they Sometimes can be... they can come in at a weird angle. Yes, and they suck. Well, if you get past that little uh, cave zone, then you find yourself, I don't know, in this little area where you get the sacred flame. Yeah, it's at the, the kind of the top of the cave. Although, also, this is another split. Like, if you would have kept going right from the mansion, you would go through some more woods. And uh, that will link up here with the Dabby's path, kind of. So it's kind of a neat little... And then uh, do you have to do something special to get the sacred flame? No, it's just hidden in a wall. Yeah, you just break a wall open and there it is. Just holy water, man. sticking there. I preferred taking the caves because uh, around this area, you know, know, the woods are full of the worst enemies, which are the spider. Right. So once you leave that area and continue on, you're in a new type of forest, like you said, that has these spiders in it. And man, they suck. Mm -hmm. They are your classic video game spider going up and down. And they shoot a web at you, mm-hmm. and that web is faster than you want it to be. <laughs> so you're going to get hit by a few of them. Yeah, I mean, you can destroy them with your whip before they get to you, but it's kind of tough because it comes at weird angles. So, And this is also, in these woods, there's a place where you can find a pretty useful clue book that tells you to, it says, to replenish earth, kneel by the lake with the blue crystal. That is the most useful, so, because yeah. I have, I've got some notes about that here in a moment. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we'll get there, because after this, you find yourself in the third town. Yes, the town of Algeba. And that is where you exchange your white crystal for your blue crystal. And, the, you know, again, the text is kind of weird in that, where the guy says, I'd like to exchange a white crystal for a blue one, which to me sounds like he's got the white one and wants the blue one. Well, it doesn't matter what... what uh, he wants because he's going to take your crystal. Yeah, there's you don't no- <laughs> have an option. Yeah, he just takes it from you and you get it. I, I think you can buy laurels and garlic in the town, but there's not. Oh, there is one awesome thing where one of the townspeople tells you to uh, 
to shout outside the church to regain your life. And that does not work uh, in this game or in real life. So uh, don't try it, people. And not even if you have the uh, Famicom system with the microphone <laughs> built into the <laughs> controller. So you uh, get yourself any garlic and laurels you needed, and then you carry on to uh, the hand zone. It is, oh. That's what I call it. It's yeah, there's a like a cemetery. Like, oh, it's yeah. a cemetery with the hands coming out of the ground. Yeah, the, which are known as the hand. Or, well, I wish I remember the name now, but the and grasping hand is what those are called. Then you somehow summon the mystery silver dagger guy. Yeah, if you have garlic, you can drop it there and you get it. Uh, it's not a bad weapon. It's, you know, it has much, it's a little stronger than a normal knife, but it has a much farther range. But it does take hearts. It only takes one per shot, but it's not free like the other ones. So. No. Uh, you get that, then you want to head back through the town, through the Spiderville. Oh, but real through quick. Through the Eyeball Cave. Back in that graveyard, if you keep going to the right, you'll see a jump that you cannot make. And that is actually a loop. Like, you can come back around much later in the game, and that's where you'll come out. So kind of a neat thing gotcha so yeah you backtrack through all those places and then you come back to uh the lake you were at before that seemed yes. like a dead end yuba lake yeah and as nick said he found that book that told him that thing and i myself was just so blown away <laughs> at the wtf-ness of yeah. taking the crystal in your inventory making sure it's selected kneeling by the lake and not just pressing down holding down yeah, you gotta wait and after a few seconds then the this the camera pans down and you see more steps below the lake and now the lake is just you can walk right through it. I don't know if that's supposed to be an illusionary lake or you know, or are you breathing underwater now? It does not really I don't it doesn't feel any different, so I don't think you're actually underwater. So. No, I don't think you are either. And this is the first point of many in the game where I felt like you were just doing a thing that you really had no clue as to why you were doing it. There, I mean, that is kind of a, an old uh, feature of games where it's just like, I don't know what to do. I have X items, so I'm going to go try them all everywhere until something works. And Right. But without that, that book or the Nintendo Power, I can't imagine myself equipping my crystal and then just... I don't know, kneeling across the entire map for no reason. Yeah, well, yeah, so it's really more of like, well, I guess I must go book hunting, more or less. But Well, you do drain the lake and uh, go down there, and you'll find mansion number two. Yeah, Rover Mansion. This mansion's a little bit trickier than the first one, but not by much. Yeah, one of the things I like is that, you know, it has a typical kind of path that is all just BS. You'll go yeah. up these steps and it makes this little loop that brings you back to the beginning. And you're like, that's it. And it's like, no, there's a big fake wall that you go so through. So this is the first one that has some fake walls to the left and right that you got to yeah. work on. And it does have one of my least favorite jumping spots in the entire game. Is this with the invisible block that moves left and right? or No, it's just simply a, a spot where you have to jump back and forth up a narrow passageway. Oh, up. yeah. But the jump is... Well, it's a Castlevania jump. Yeah. When you jump in Castlevania, you are committed to that jump. You are now moving the exact number of squares that he will always move mm -hmm. in that same arc he will always move. You're not altering that at all. And this passageway going up is just really awkwardly placed that you really have to be in the exact right spot for each jump mm -hmm. or yeah. you're falling all the way down. Yeah, because you'll hit your head. Like, you have to really lead off of the, the previous square to, to clear it, so. Yeah. Um, I mean... Well, I said it's one of the most annoying parts of the game. It's it's not that hard. There are several of those little features. It's always kind of a groaner, you know, as long as you don't have some tough enemies at the bottom. It's like, well, all right, well, I'll keep doing it. But it's still, it's more annoying than anything. Yeah. And there's not much else to say about this mansion. There is, again, not a boss. You break open that orb and inside mm -hmm. you find Dracula's heart. Yes. This is another item you possess. You, and you can uh, you know you can equip it and it doesn't do anything. That was going to be my next question. Does does it do anything like the no, rib? No, it's uh, I mean it's you use this to go to an alternate destination from the fairy man, but you know we'll get there in a second. Well, once you got it, you time time to head back out through the woods, through the eye cave, past the mansion, past the merman. Now there's a lot of uh, backtracking here. So yeah. if you die and uh, instead of continuing, get your password, you start back in Jova from the first town. Anytime you use a password. Oh, okay. So if you're like in a speed runny or you're really, you know, trying to get the extra time to get the, the best ending, that's one little trick that um, you can use. So. All right. Because then you go past that first town and you finally get to go to... Yeah, you go to the left. The to left. The, yeah. 
the the poison marsh and now chain whip and with the rib you can take on those two-headed monsters buster you know bust them down and head to the left there's some poison water over there and uh in those like panthers one thing i did like <laughs> is that you find yourself a uh a boatman mm-hmm. he's got a name eventually oh yeah well like Char- charon like from the yeah yeah mytho- mythological that's exactly who it is the river sticks yeah and um, yeah yeah okay he in fact says to you in this game let me show you the way. Yeah, you get a Frampton reference. <laughs> I was dying, man. I was dying when I read that. That's the one that you need the heart for. So uh. yeah. <laughs> so um, he shows you the way. Wah 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 wah. You yeah. take a little trip on his boat. You can get some fishmen jumping out at you, but they're they, if you just stand still, I don't think they even even hit you. So no. Now if you pass him up, that's how you get the diamond, right? Well, yeah. Some, what, somehow, somewhere around there is where the diamond. What is. you do is, if you uh, if you have the heart equipped, it takes you to the next mansion, Brahms Mansion, the third okay. one. And if you uh, once you're there, if you keep walking past the mansion, you'll go to the left and come to a cliff. That's where you get the diamond. Drop some garlic, you know. And there's some. And that's also where you find your first encounter with the Medusas in this game. Yeah, but they are not the same. No, they're not. They're much easier than your <laughs> than the Medusas in every other Castlevania. Yeah, I mean they're pretty much just like the eyeballs, right? Like, yeah, yeah, they are. They're mm-hmm. just this reskinned eyeball. Yeah, so they're not bad. They yeah. and these woods are a little different. They're kind of like mountainous and you know a little more sparse, evergreen. Yes, yes, and uh, you know um, now if you don't have the heart, he just takes you to a, another town, the town of Alba, but. I usually just go straight to the mansion. So. Mansion number three. Yeah, like we said, Brahms Mansion. Well, so. this is the Brahms Mansion. Now, this mansion is, again, more of the same. Just yeah. More purple. The enemies are now purple. And it's like, a long, this one I have where there's a lot of stairs. There's no real shortcuts in this, so it's kind of a slog to get through it. Like, you just got to go through, you know, you're fighting knights, lots of knights. and There is that part with the two gargoyles as a little tough, mm-hmm. but not. Yeah. Not really tough. No, and I don't think that it's that hard to find the stake in here. I mean, I usually have one when I get here, I think, but... But the big, the big factor of this mansion is that it does have a boss. Yes, your first boss, man. Yeah, (laughs) and what a letdown that boss is. Yeah. Because you roll into that room, and who stands before you? Death himself. Yes, the Grim Reaper. And if you've played any other Castlevania games, you know the Grim Reaper is usually one of the harder bosses. Definitely. He throws sides like a madman. You're dodging, you're jumping. When can you hit? You never know. Well, in this one, you can hit whenever you want because he's a total wuss. Yeah, I mean, his uh, sides do uh, some pretty good damage, but he just kind of... He gets stunned. Yeah, he just floats down towards you, and as soon as he gets in range, you can start dropping the sacred flame, and as soon as it starts hitting him, he can't move, and he's just stun-locked, so... Right. But he will give you the gold knife, so... Yeah, and that is pretty cool. But it's also kind of lame that, you know, there's no life meter or anything like the boss you might expect. And if you leave and come back, it just respawns like a normal enemy. So Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you beat him, you get your knife, and then you go into the next room. And that's where you find the orb of this mansion. Mm-hmm. And it contains the it's eye. A, yeah, the eyeball. The eyeball of Dracula. Which, to me, I think is the second best one. Because if you equip it, you can then see all the hidden things. All the clue books, any hidden items, like... Inside, outside, they'll all oh. be visible from your normal screen now. So that's kind of cool. So, that would have been nice to know when I was playing. Well, and I feel like I'm like, why, why isn't this the first one then? <laughs> or like the second. <laughs> you know, this is a bit, a bit far into the game, you know, so. Exactly. Uh, you get that, and then you leave the room, and oh, and death's back. Great. Run mm. underneath him, because yeah. why would you fight it a second time? Yep. No reason. Nope. Uh, run outside, and then you have to go, you find the boatman again, right? Mm-hmm. You just go back and unequip the heart, and then now he'll take you to the town of Alba. So, Ah, uh, yes. Jessica Alba, the town. <laughs> well, in this town, you can pretty much just buy laurels and garlic and, and get the red crystal. Uh, that's... So this is where you upgrade to the red crystal. In my notes, I wasn't sure. I, I kind of glossed over that. And real quick, I want to go back. And that last mansion is what I consider the most important clue. I, I put up a screenshot of it where it says, wait for us, wait at Deborah Cliff for a soul with the red crystal, which is... Yeah, because that is my number one FU moment of this <laughs> game. We'll get there. Yeah. So but... you get through that town and then you find yourself into another little set of woods. The Sodom woods, like Saddam Hussein kind of. Okay, not like <laughs> Sodom and Gomorrah. No, no. <laughs> I, I, thought mean... we were, I thought we were going down that path. <laughs> and you do get to see the little dragon skull pillar guys 
They're yeah. back in this level. Not too tough, but you, it does have a split path where if you go down the steps and use some garlic, that's where you get the silk bag. Oh, yes. And but, that's totally useless at this point in the game. I didn't really need it, but I mean, I mean, it is, yeah, it's all right, but... And then uh, if you go back and then continue to the left, you'll come to the town of Andal, which is where you get the Morning Star. So Yeah, and that is quite the upgrade. But not much else there, really. Nope. Then after that, you go through some more forest. Uh, the monsters are uh, more of the We're same. Starting to see those mummies yet? or We've seen the mummies yeah. at this point in a little while. And, you know, mummies. But uh, once you uh, get that way, you will uh, come to a big cliff. And now what do you do? Yeah, so I don't know. I, I don't know how, I guess it's that book. That's the only way. But this is the most WTF moment in the game. Yeah. I mean, it, it tells you, you know, in the way that uh, Clue is worded, where it, it seems like I'm like, am I supposed to wait there for someone with the red crystal to come to me? That's kind of how it no, could be interpreted. No, what you're supposed to do know? is to equip the red crystal, kneel on one side of the cliff, wait a few moments, and then a tornado comes. <laughs> that tornado envelops you. And takes you off to some mysterious land. Yeah, it's. Uh, I, I'm positive I knew this one because it was uh, featured in a Howard Nestor comic. So I, I knew that even if I didn't have the second issue. So a lot of people bang their heads against this one. Uh, but, you know, for me, it never bothered me because, you know, unfairly, I knew the solution going into the game. So Well, once you've done that, you're pretty much at the next mansion. Yeah, it takes you directly to Bodley Mansion. This one is a little bit longer than the other ones. Mm-hmm. It does have uh, some trickier fake walls you got to get through. Well, the key with this one, okay, is if you already have the stake, it's super easy because you, it, the body part is pretty close. It's just like at the bottom. You can just go straight and then... Straight to the right. Yeah, this is the one where you want to get that stake from the level before, carry it here, and it will cut out a lot of BS time. Mm-hmm, for sure. So you make your way to the end of this one. Again, no boss. Mm-hmm. Break open the orb, and inside you find the nail of Dracula. Yes, and it's another one you can equip that actually does something. It'll, oh, it uh, does. Yeah, it, it um. Then now your whip can break blocks like the uh if uh like the holy water if you have it equipped. So. Oh, that's amazing. That's great. You've got a whole tiny, tiny portion of the game <laughs> left to use it in. And well, even before, it's like it's that's not really a big advantage over the holy water. Whoop de doo. Like I wish it made your whip stronger or something, but. Yeah. Well, you uh, clear out this level, and then you're on your way. And if you head to the left, you'll come to a kind of red and blue cavern area where you'll... That's where you can get the flame whip from the... There's a gray man in a little... You know, you destroy some blocks. It's kind of a secret room, and... Well, he's just walking back and forth. You can see him there before you break those blocks. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And you have to have the Morning Star to trade up for the flame whip. Yes, you can't can't skip the Morning Star, so... But man, is it worth it. Yeah, you get that strong, and you get a sweet, big, fiery... Yeah, I don't care how strong it is. It just looks awesome. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love it. One thing that kind of frustrates me about this little room is that it's actually a cool little level. Like, you have five stories, this you know, the red and blue kind of cave you yeah. can go up, but there's no reason to go up there. Like, you can literally just walk to the left through it. Like Yeah, I was just going to ask, well, what's up there then? Because I didn't go up there at all. No, I didn't either, but there's, I mean, I did, but there's nothing up there, just enemies. I think eyeballs and some other crap, so I'm just like, I mean, I wish you would have given me a reason to go up there because, I don't know. Hmm. It's a waste of game space. <laughs> it is. It is indeed. Mm. Well, you continue to make your way to the left. And that's where you find, I guess, the super-duper deadly marsh. Yeah, this is where you, you do want your laurels, because it's a long, you know, like, uh, you, you might... I don't know if you have enough life normally by this point to make it through without it, you know? Right. And, you know, either way, you use the, the laurel you bought once or twice, and you can just run through there. You're going to be fine. Mm-hmm. And at the end of it, you find, you know, this uh, final mansion. Yeah, this is um, LaRuba Mansion. Meh. I'll you tell know. you the worst part of this mansion. The spiders. Oh, yeah, yeah. I forgot the spiders are in the mansion There's now. There's spiders in this mansion. So, it's, I mean, it's only a pain in the butt because they took one of my least favorite enemies in the game <laughs> and put it inside the mansion. Yeah, they're not terribly hard, and you get Oh, a... bonus, though. You find your second boss of the game. Mm-hmm. Vampira. Oh, really? Like, yeah, I was like, Vampira, really? Like, is that a, is that well, a Misfits nod? Or, or, it's really or... just a giant mask. Yes, a... A face. Yeah, it's a a mask with, like, one black eye and one white eye that, you know, cries a tear that drops and then splits into five ones that can hurt you if you actually get hurt, but it's so easy. Yeah, again, this thing gets stunlocked by your whip, and it's over. Or you have the golden knife now, which will destroy anything. You can just jump and throw it and just... So, the golden knife 
you know, we briefly mentioned what the other ones do. The golden knife is quite the upgrade because when it hits, it explodes into like four little fireballs. It's just a little or yeah, one fireball. Yeah, it burns though, but it stays there. And yeah, it stays on the screen and continues to burn whatever is in that spot. So it totally stun locks things and it just tears through them. Yeah, so it's pretty, uh, it's so easy to beat that boss and you just roll in and grab the ring. So, well, you got to break that orb first, Nick. Oh, that's true. You don't want to skip all the action. So, <laughs> and then you get the ring, the ring of Dracula. It, can you equip it? You, oh, well, you can, but I don't think it does anything. So, I, I haven't oh. found a use for it. So, bummer. You leave yeah. the room. Hey, guess who's back? Yeah, vampire around two, but yeah, run underneath her yep. and clear yourself out of this mansion. Yep, because you've got one last stop to make on your tour of Castlevania. Yeah, yeah. Well, you can, I, I do want to mention that this is the, if you head to the left from this mansion, this is where you'll go back to that wraparound in the graveyard I mentioned earlier. So, oh, okay. If for some reason you miss something at the beginning of the game, it won't I was going to say, why but, would you do this? Well, I think it's more of a prank. You might not realize it. And then once you Ouch. jump down, you can't get back and you're like, oh, at least that's how I remember finding it when I was a kid. But, and that would be very painful because that is quite a distance to travel. Yes. Yes, sir. All right. Well, you leave this mansion and you start heading to the right. Yeah, and you'll go back past the fourth mansion, and you'll come to the town of Doina. Anything in this something. town? I have no, no notes on it. No, the, by this point, now, the towns are pretty empty. Um, I think, uh, you know, this is the one where you get a couple messages where the guy says, uh, you know, after Castlevania, I warned you not to come back, or you upset the people, get out of town. So, hmm. I mean, you are getting closer to Castlevania, so maybe that's their deal. But And uh, there is another town on the way, but, uh, you know... No, there's not. I think that's the empty one. You can start fighting. You'll see some harpies out now that you have to fight. That are kind of, they're just upgraded crows or yeah. bats. Yep, yep. Nothing too big there. You know, honestly, the last area, the castle of Dracula, a bit of a letdown. Yeah, yeah. Um, you just walk in, go down some stairs, mm-hmm. go down some more stairs, and into a big chamber with some pillars, a pedestal there. Mm-hmm. You are treated to a nice little scene as he throws each item into, I don't know. It looks just like a pillar. Pillar. Who knows? (laughs) And when you've done that, you are successful in resurrecting Dracula himself. Yeah, a big big Dracula sprite appears. And, you know, he's much taller than in the previous game, it seems. But True. What's on his head? Is that a goggles or something? His head looks weird to me. I don't know. Oh, I don't know. I just blasted him with the golden uh, knife. And it'll just hold him right there. Because if you let him go, he'll kind of go fly in circle, around yeah. in a circle. And does he shoot stuff at you or just hit you? I don't know. Because I always kill him within 10 seconds of him spawning. Well, you so. kill his first form. <laughs> and then that's it. <laughs> yep, that's like it. Like for real. Yep, yep. No, no demon form, no nothing, man. So. No nothing. In fact, what a letdown of a final boss. Yeah, and I, I mean, end of the final level in a way. Like it's uneven, yeah. you know. Many times at the end of a game... You are expecting that second form or even that third form. Mm. And you feel like, okay, I know it's coming. Give it to me. But beating this game really made me miss that second and third form. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it seems like there was something. Or, or, you know, at least have him do more and not be, you know, even if you took away, you know, all the weapons you have to beat him really easily, uh, he's still just a boring boss. He's just flying around in one pattern. There's no real movement, different stuff. There's no variety, man. No, no, none at all. But on the plus side, you do get a pretty good ending. Yeah, one of three. There are multiple endings depending on uh, how quickly you beat the game uh, in game time. In game time. And the first ending is just a grave. Mm-hmm. Dracula's grave with yeah. uh, some text telling you the end of the story. Yeah, that you, that you died as well as Dracula. Oh, yeah. that's what, yeah, that's that's kind of depressing. The second best ending Simon is kneeling in front of the grave mm-hmm. and you have a bright blue sky mm-hmm. and the text explains that what you've defeated Dracula and, and survived this time, survived, so, which is always a bonus, but, and then you have the third and the best ending that is Simon kneeling at the grave with a blood red sky. And it talks dun, about dun. how you were, you know, defeated Dracula successfully. The curse is lifted and Simon leaves the grave you're treated to one great final <laughs> 80s cliche. Dun, dun, dun. The hand comes out of the grave. That's right. It's not over yet. It's never over with that darn Dracula. 
But that's so weird. Why would they make the best ending not, you know, he shouldn't live if it's the best ending, right? Like, I don't know what the... I think by best, they mean the one they spent the most on animation for. Right. Well, I mean, it looks coolest, but it's like, well, well, whatever, you know. Whatever indeed, (laughs) Nick. Well, you find us here at our review portion of the game. As always, we use the classic Nintendo Power review system, and we give each category a rating of 1 through 5, starting with graphics and sound. Well, um, for graphics and sound, I gave this a 5. You know, I gave it a 5 as well. It's all awesome. You have a lot of great music. All the music's pretty, you know, it's not super catchy, but it's very fitting, and uh, and it's high quality for it is. Nintendo. This is the uh, first use of Bloody Tears, the very famous Castlevania song. So good. And there is a definitely a feeling evoked in the music from the night or the day mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. a town or in the castles. Yeah, and all the everything looks like the... <laughs> and, I mean, while... The background graphics used for the towns and the mansions are pretty much just sprite swapped. They do look good, and they do a good job of changing the colors up enough on those backgrounds to give you the idea that you're in a different place. Mm-hmm. And the, all the the wilderness background, you know, the mountains, the, you know, the various areas, they all look really good. I think it's all very fitting and setting a kind of atmosphere of being, you know, it's a swampy forest, you know. you know very eastern european marshy feel to parts of the levels i like it a lot next up we have play control nick i gave the play control a 2.5 a 2.5 really yeah i just gave it that because i feel like it's nothing special i didn't have any problems controlling my guy or using my items and stuff like it's just kind of standard Castlevania feel that I feel like your jumps kind of hard. The, the level design kind of brings that out in certain places. And as always, I hate going up and down stairs in Castlevanias, but well, see, that's interesting. Cause I gave it a 4.0. Oh, now Ooh. that's for the very reasons you gave it less of a score. <laughs> um, it is just that Castlevania control scheme, but I find that to be pretty much spot on for the way they design these games. You are really never asked to do things that you can't do very easily with the controller. The only parts that really get me are the very few areas that have the rising and lowering blocks. Yeah, there's, yeah. There can be some tricky timing on those, but that's one of the few uh, jerk places in this game when it comes to <laughs> your play control. How would you rate the challenge of this game, Nick? Oh, I gave it a four. Um, And pretty much most of that is just figuring out what to do. (laughs) That can be the most challenging part. It's not a very demanding game. Platforming is not that bad. Some of the enemies can be a pain, but you can level up if you really want to. And that helps take some sting out of it, but... Yeah, I was really torn um, as to what to give this game for challenge. Uh, I couldn't decide between a 2 and a (laughs) 6, even though 6 is not on the scale. Um, I would really actually give it probably like a 4 or 4.5. The problem is that this game is not hard. It's easy. Finding the enemies, very easy. Uh, Getting around, very easy. For the most part, much easier than the first Castlevania. Uh, Downside, there's no meat anymore. There's no wall meat, which is one of the things I love. Uh, (laughs) So you're not getting more health that way. Uh, which gives a little bit of challenge to it. But really, the challenge of this game is in its obtuseness, that there are just many things you have to do that without a guide or randomly finding one of those clue books, (laughs) you are lost. There is no way you're going to know to kneel next to a thing to summon a tornado to get you to another zone. (laughs) It's, uh, it's, uh, It's rough. And finally, we find ourselves at the theme and fun. Um, I gave it a four. Well, I gave it a three. Okay. I mean, I, I think the big, I'm a sucker for exploring games. I like journeying around. Um, I really enjoy all the weird messages you get, whether they're outright lies or just bizarre things that I'm like, why is this? This is a cool little thing. I, I think it's fun to check that stuff out. And I mean, I gave it as high a score as I did because it is fun exploring this land. It does feel like you are in a giant sprawling place. There are towns, there are people. There are towns that are abandoned. There are people that don't want you there. That kind of stuff is really cool. It it, yeah. it adds to this theme of the game. But 
they took away my movie monsters. Yeah. And that's one of the themes I really like. Yeah, I feel you. And I mean, one thing too that frustrates me is that I'm like, this is like kind of the only Castlevania game that went outside the castle, you know? Like, I, and that, those are my favorite parts. Like, in RPGs, I always like the outdoors better than the dungeons. And so I was like, wow, cool. I can get some Castlevania style action and some woods and stuff. And then they, I guess the third one's, you know, outside a lot too, but uh, not a as bit. much as this one. Well, Nick, I find myself asking you the question I ask at the end of every podcast. Oh, yeah. Should you play this game? <sighs> I really like this game, and I want to say yes, but I think most people wouldn't like it. Um, I'm, I'm going to say yes because you can see a lot of where uh, a lot of future games uh, got took, you know, a lot of uh, design notes, you know, the uh, kind of action RPG, you know, uh, most of the Castlevania series is more like this than the actual first Castlevania, you know, uh, especially the Game Boy Advance games and, Symphony and then of the on. Night. Yeah, I mean, Symphony of the Night is really what they're aping, but that itself is kind of, you know, based off of this metroid and this you know it's like this this game and the metroid would combine to have a bunch of beautiful babies so well i'm glad you gave it a yes nick (laughs) because i gave it a no i kind of thought you would (laughs) this game has great ideas but it's missing so much that i think the japanese version may have had Mm -hmm. i'll never know until i learn to speak japanese or read it (laughs) which will probably never happen So, unless you're a huge fan of Castlevania, and you have to see, you know, I don't know, the first appearance of Bloody Tears, the song, or... uh, Yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, you can... If you love the Castlevania series, and you want to be a completionist, and you want to know about everything that informed later parts of the series, then yeah, play this game. I mean, I think it should be said that if you are not shy about using, you know, if you get stuck, check a game fact or, you know, walk through and see, like, those resources weren't around when this game first appeared. So that could, takes a lot of the sting out of it. You know, unlike games like, say, Friday the 13th, whether you know what to do or not, it's still hard. So true. In but that, those ways, like the game itself is easy enough that I think it could be palatable. If you really want to have a great time, just go play Castlevania 3. Yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> Next week's game will be Life Force. So, find a copy, grab your controller, play this game any way you can along with us. And remember, folks, if there's anything big we missed or things we got wrong or games you want us to play, kindly let us know at cartridgecommand at gmail.com and we might address it in the future. Thank you so much for listening. Please check us out on Twitter at cartcommand. You can follow us on Facebook at cartridgecommand. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes or any of your favorite podcast app. And feel free to give to us on Patreon.com. Your support does help make this show possible. And, as always, Cartridge Commandos, Game On! I don't remember seeing any seals in this game, though. You know, I I think you're right.